For me, it's fairly evident by the fact that I do freelance on top of my day job. That when I tell people that sometimes they think that's crazy, but I really do love it. I, I really do love designing. It's something that you know I can't turn off, and that's why I think it's a lifestyle. I personally, I, I couldn't imagine working in any other field. It's, it's part of me, and it's it's something that I love doing. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing up the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, they're a diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part one in the two-part UX Marks the Spot series. In this episode, we're going to experience a day in the life, hour by hour, of Greg Hill, an associate experience design director at Zynga, so you can decide if this is a career you can see yourself doing. So we're sure, even if you haven't played it before, you've heard of the game Words with Friends. Think about how much goes into designing not only the look and feel, but the functionality and overall experience in an app like that. Yep, that's what Greg and his team does. So let's learn about it. Let's get right into the day. It's 7 a.m. on a Wednesday in San Francisco, and Greg is waking up. Before anything is done, Greg drinks a glass of water. Hydration is key. He then exercises, showers, gets dressed, and heads out the door to walk to work, but not without Daisy, his dog. Daisy and Greg arrive at the office at 9.30. Let's meet Greg and learn more about what he does. Hi, my name is Greg Hill. I'm Associate Experience Design Director. Zynga is a mobile gaming leader, a social uh, gaming leader. We have made Farmville, Zynga Poker, uh, Mafia Wars, a bunch of really big titles, and Words with Friends is another one of those. I work on Words with Friends. I'm an experience design director, which means I most of my day is spent in meetings and managing people. Um, but back in the day, I used to be a UX designer. Can you define UX and what the difference <laughs> between UX and yeah. UI are? Sure, that's a that's one that I might get in trouble. I feel like you might get some uh, feedback on my definitions. The way I like to think of UX and UI, UX is is any sort of product or experience. Um, so you're designing, uh, if you're designing UX, you're designing sound, interaction design, information architecture, and a bunch of um, design disciplines under fall underneath UX design. And then UI is user interface, and user interface to me is sort of buttons on a screen. Um, a button on your phone that orders you delivery is a piece of UI. I feel like the the two kind of intertwine a lot, but now yeah, that you... I actually think that UI is a, is a discipline underneath UX. It's now 9.30 and Greg's first order of business is coffee. The first hour of work for Greg is to respond and answer emails and catch up on loose ends before his 10.30 meeting without any interruptions. This is my actual favorite part of the day. Another thing along with the dress code is that the time people show up, most people aren't there till about 10. I like to get in between nine and 9.30. And this is the part of the day where for me, it's like, this is get shit done, pardon my language, but that's that's what the time is. Um, and it's one hour where I, I have, for the most part, very few distractions. Gotta get the emails out, you responding to the ones that came in. We have an office in Toronto, which is three hours ahead. 
So they tend to send some stuff. So that first part is really just making sure I'm communicating and getting people unblocked if they're if they're waiting for me to answer something. And then the rest of that hour or so is is any work I have to do. So this week I've been doing all kinds of stuff for the design pipeline stuff. I've been working on this presentation that I'm going to have to do, and that's what I've been working on. And I just zone out and just work on that. You mentioned that you're finalizing some items for Words with Friends sketch library to be used in the design system. What is included in the sketch library? Yeah, so because we pass around files, or we used to, Photoshop files, what was happening was a lot of stuff becomes inconsistent or a lot of stuff is partially in one file and partially in another file. And that's a real pain if you're working with eight people and you're looking for something. So some of this work was actually recreating a whole bunch of files that we had on every single game. There's 57 or so screens in Words with Friends. I've recreated and made them into these components, which are usable in little bite-sized pieces for designers. So um, very, very needed discipline, detail-oriented, the, the exact type of work I love. Um, but, and it was also, you know, uh, about creating processes for the other designers. So definitely, you know, all my attachments coming together. Um, and that's what the design library and, and design system is. The design system part is the part that sort of engineers interface with. And some of our, um, I work really closely with a guy named Peter Turner to make it so that the engineers can actually get data that they need to implement our, our software from my sketch files. So that's been really, really cool and something that I feel very passionate about. The engineers take what's in Sketch and put it through GitHub, which is a repository subversion software where everyone on the team has access to the code and changes can be made to it through an approval process. Before Greg and his team put this efficient pipeline in place. We would actually, what we would need to do is we would, what's called slice, so isolate all of the images that we're using. So if they need an icon and it's a little smiley face, I have to make that its own image outside of the Photoshop file where we move it around with all the other stuff. And then we do what's called spec sheets. And I would manually drag a little, a little line to point to a piece of text and say, this is this font, this color, this size. Here's the centering rules. It's center of the line and all of that. And then the engineer would actually have to go and take a look at that sheet and put all the values in. They don't do any of that anymore. Now it's 10.30 and it's time for Greg's pod meeting. Pods are popular in software development and the idea is to have cross-disciplinary people responsible for one aspect of a project all working together as a group or pod. So you'd have a game designer, a project manager, you would have an, a lead engineer, and then you would have uh, an experienced designer. And they would be responsible for an area of focus. So one of our areas of focus next year Surprisingly, will be revenue. Um, you know, everybody likes to have the lights on. And one will be growth. We want audience growth. And we want, you know, to continue investing in things that are in the game. And, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And so those pods will have all this cross-discipline team. And they'll be responsible for coming up with their, um, with their features, how they'll work, uh, their roadmap, and all of that stuff. So I, I think that's really great. You have a designer collaborating with all these cross disciplines. They feel like they have agency. They feel like they have some control over what they're doing. 
Um, and then that you have this like uh, collaboration that usually ends up with a pretty like close knit team of people. So it's, it's almost like pitching if you're in advertising, pitching to a, a client, but really they're people on your team. So in this meeting, you guys were just kind of just getting up to speed to get on the same page, right? Yeah, we had we had to present actually right after this. So we had a 1030 meeting for half an hour and then at 11 a.m. We were going to um, present to the studio leads. Luckily, I am a studio lead. So I think this is it was pretty easy for me to get prepared. Uh, but generally speaking, it was a pretty light meeting. We didn't have to get prepared for a lot, but sometimes they can be pretty intense because this feature that you you love and that you've you've been working on is is going to be judged in the next meeting or, or going to be approved and greenlit to, to go on in the next meeting. So sometimes it can be a little hectic. In this meeting, they discussed production timelines and reviewed UX and design work in progress. We can't get super specific since it's top secret stuff, but let's learn what Greg means when he talks about adding new features to Words with Friends. So if you open Words with Friends uh, today, um, one of the big launch features that we had was um, Solo Challenge. It's a feature where you can play bots, uh, a computer character in a safe space and, um, and to sort of practice and, and get rewards in this in the safe space to practice. So one of the things that we've been, or we recently launched was the idea of mastery. You can get up to three stars depending on how well you do against the bot. So that was something that this pod had just worked on. It was an improvement on a feature that we had had um, already launched based on metrics that were lacking. So that's why, um, or things that we thought were an opportunity, maybe lacking is the wrong word. The 11 a.m. meeting ends early, which gave Greg the opportunity to finish his work for the design system documentation before lunch at noon. Think of design system documentation as a style guide for his team members to follow. As part of my job to mentor and teach the other designers, I needed to, to write down so they could reference when I'm not, you know, sitting across from them, what to do, how to, how to add a library and sketch, how to, where to put the files in Git. And um, I've found over the last year, I also like this sort of thing, as I mentioned already, um, the more sort of documentation that can instruct people when I'm not around or not there or when they're working late or whatever, uh, the more helpful and the more useful that stuff becomes. And I've been really focused on that. This is something I feel passionate about. So if I have two minutes, you often see me run back to my desk and start typing furiously away. Now it's lunchtime and Greg heads over to the Zynga cafeteria for some chicken korma. When you start at Zynga, you gain your Zynga 15, um, <laughs> just like the freshman 15, because there's really about three different areas of types of food every day. And um, one of them is salad, but so I don't go over there much. Um, but... Um, <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity for delicious food. I think it's an opportunity as well to get away from your desk at least, if not out of the office. To, it's a good time to talk to coworkers and get to know them personally. Like I feel about empathy for the user, I also feel like empathy for your uh, coworkers is, is super important. So that's something we try to encourage um, people do. But I on this day did not because I'm walking. My dog comes to work now, so I've been walking her. That is to me is is a great, great thing, getting some sunlight, taking a break. I think that's the best time to think too. Uh, one of the best books that I've read about sort of just art motivation and process and, and, and almost, it's almost like a self-help book, honestly, is The War of Art. And it, it, it talks about treating art a little more like a job. I do believe that, you know, art can be a job. There's objective rules to it. 
creativity doesn't come from uh, nowhere, stuff like that. And part of what I think is that you need to go and, and do your job. You need to sit at a desk, even if you don't feel like it, and try designing stuff for your eight hours or whatever. But I think some of the best things come out in that moment when you're, you know, washing your hair in the shower, when I'm walking my dog, I get those aha moments. And that's what the, uh, the war of art talks about in the afternoon after lunch from being outside, I can come back and I can feel, I feel very productive. I feel very motivated. When he gets back from eating and walking Daisy, it's now 1 p.m. and Greg has a phone interview. The interview process at Zynga, Greg explained, usually goes something like this. There's an initial phone screen, then the candidate will come in and meet with different people on the team to see if they're a good culture fit and workflow fit, and then finally a design exercise to see how they think and how they solve problems. And you're looking for a senior experience designer. What are some of the objective qualifications for this role? Is it uh, as far as experience needed and education needed? Yeah, the thing I would say like just related to to the education needed is that we are bands of misfits <laughs> we have a geologist we have a computer science major um we have an art major uh, i'm an illustrator um if you look at my my education so i rarely unless it's a, a person who's coming right out of school i rarely look at someone's education for me it's all about the portfolio I also, not only the work has to be beautiful and your UX has to be well thought out, but I want to see you talk about the problem you're trying to solve and then see the end, the conclusion and see that you are solving that problem and that you've thought through a project in a, in a straight line. Speaking of thinking stuff through logically, where are you getting the guidance from to manage your team and make sure that their workflow is like up to par with Zynga's UX design guidelines? So my boss, uh, Nick Giovanello, his title is senior director technically, but at one point he was the head of design at, uh, at Zynga. So he is basically running Words with Friends. He's running Boggle with Friends, Words with Friends Instant, a bunch of games. Um, and then my job is generally to, to more about managing the Words with Friends team, I would say. So building on that, you mentioned you work with a user-centric philosophy, so every move you make has to have the user in mind. Where's the line between catering to your audience or like staying on brand and introducing innovation and changing behavior? No, that's a really great question. I, I say this a lot, actually. De design is about making decisions. And in some scenarios, making a huge, risky, bold beat is the right is the right thing. In some, it, it's to be more measured and have a more thoughtful approach. And I, I think you have to read the situation and depend on those. And I'll, I'll give you an example. We are we are going to launch a feature soon that is a really bold beat. I talk about it very vaguely. Um, that is a very risky thing for us to do. But when you look at the the launch last year of Words with Friends two, there were certain things that we can't or we thought we couldn't change. Um, and one of those things is the way the tiles looked. We knew we were going to launch um, a game, bring a bunch of people back into it. And we knew our audience, our audience actually helps us a lot with this, honestly, uh, especially to start with. They were very, they're, they're slightly older. They don't explore apps. They don't, you know, they're not downloading Snapchat and figuring that out by any means. So it, it's hard to, to introduce change. And I think for us, it's, it's knowing what we can change and knowing what we can't. 
when we released tile styles, when we actually did change the tiles and did something that we didn't, we did it slower. We didn't put a lot of fanfare behind it. We didn't make it part of the launch and we released it later. We released it very carefully with some very um, curated changes. And that was the right thing for that feature. But for this next one, we have a little more, we have a little more freedom. So we're going to do something bigger and bolder. And I think you need to read your audience and read the timing um, and look at your goals and see which is the best scenario. It's now 2 p.m. and Greg meets with an engineer to go over some last minute decisions about the design system we mentioned earlier. It's important all parties are on the same page, not only for the pipeline success, but for the Medium article they're writing about it. This was, this was a really exciting meeting. We're, going, we're talking about decisions on the design system. We actually changed something last minute, which was a little scary, but we did it anyway. It's more about the, the philosophy of what we were doing before we wanted, and it, this is why it's such a big uh, change, we wanted the, the script that reads our sketch files to tear out everything, uh, meaning that there wasn't shared components that they could reference everywhere. Every screen was built sort of separately. Um, and talking through it and based on the way our sketch files were, were set up, uh, we actually went the other way and decided that a component-based system was actually better. So making small components that could be shared everywhere would actually be better for everyone involved. So it didn't require a ton of changes on, on our end, but it, it was a heated debate and conversation, I would say. Um, but that's, that's, you know, part of the fun. <laughs> so going into the heated but fun discussion, can you talk more about the design and engineers points of view the, the problems that always come up with engineering and design are always based on, on on scope of what you're doing and engineering time right like there's only so much time they have to build things so a lot of the the conversations um not in this case because we were talking about something that we both are um passionate about but just couldn't unite our philosophies but in, in general what you're trying to do is is really just communicating what's important to us to an engineer hey, I know that this is going to cost a lot and it's going to take a lot of time, but the value is this is actually completely needed because the user wouldn't understand the system if it wasn't for this one thing. Or this is the thing that they're paying for, and if they don't have that, then it doesn't make sense to launch the feature. So that's where the heated debates come from with engineering is, is this thing worth it? And a lot of the times, you know, design has the power to show you why it works. And that's what's great about especially the software prototyping becoming so easily available now is that we can show people why our design decision is the right one. We can get people excited. So a lot of the times if I'm having a tough time with an engineer wanting to do something or getting something done, I'll show them. I'll bring over a prototype on a phone. I'll show them a nice sexy mock-up that I did. And then you can start to have a debate on like, hey, this is better. This is better for our players. I think if you approach it from that way, it's, it's, it's usually you're, you'll find a good compromise. Now it's 3.30 and Greg is spending time re-proofreading his Medium article about design systems based off the feedback he got with his 2 p.m. meeting from the engineers. What decided you guys to start doing that and what topics will you guys write about on your blog? Yeah, well, right now it's it's mostly engineering. We're rewriting our code base, which is not even to do with uh, relaunching the product, it's sort of all under the hood. Um and we thought, number one, we're moving to something which has got a lot of buzz lately, React Native. 
uh, is the code base. And that, you know, it would be really neat if we were seen for what we were actually doing, which is being a leading tech company and and exploring newer technologies, creating things like design systems and using that for a PR tool, but also using that for a, a tool for internal growth for design leads or engineering leads for the people who want to sort of get a voice and become a, a thought leader in the industry. And it's, it's been great. I, I love, I write medium articles on my own. I love sharing knowledge with other people. And I, I think it's, it's great. You become more of a, an expert or more of a master in stuff yourself if you have to explain it to other people. And I think that's also part of the, the value of doing the medium article. It's now 5 p.m. and that means Wind Down Wednesday commences. Sounds like my type of day. How did that get started? Um, we've all, Zynga, I think, um, especially the words team, uh, has a pretty good work-life balance. And we like to hang out together, you know. Um, some of my best friends are, are Zynga people from here in Toronto. And I think that that says something, right? I heard... I don't remember who this was. I think it was actually Tim Ferriss. Uh, I went to a talk not too long ago because he said something I thought was funny, but I, I, I think this is true and explains Wind Down Wednesday maybe a little is that you want to work with people that it would be fun to get in trouble with. <laughs> doing your job correctly sometimes, you're getting in some trouble um, and you know, you're pushing the boundaries. It's also hard work. It's a roller coaster ride, software development. And when it's, when it's down... I encourage everyone to, to have a wind down Wednesday. And when it's up, it's stressful. And you want to have empathy for your coworkers. You want to trust them. You want to be a team. And stuff like this, I actually feel, you know, it doesn't have to be about drinking. You can go out for dinner. You can go watch a movie too. Um, but stuff like this really brings a team together. And I feel like the best functioning teams that I've been on have that level of empathy and understanding and, and like each other. And that's what wind down does for us sometimes. After one glass, Greg walks back with Daisy and eats dinner by 6.45 p.m. while watching his favorite basketball team, the Toronto Raptors. At 7.30, Greg starts some work on a freelance project for an old co-worker from Zynga. He left the company to start this job. It's called Drop Fitness. It is a fitness app, but it's also going to be a physical gym. So taking sort of New York fitness to the masses um, and kind of taking like a, a freemium model to, to fitness which I think is really cool. So I've been doing it. I, for stuff that you do in freelance at Zynga, you actually have to get a, a, a sort of the okay to work on them. Uh, as long as they're a non-competing business, you can do that. I had to do some paperwork to, to be able to do it because it's a fitness app. I was able to go, but I love challenging myself and testing myself in sort of new areas. And this fitness uh, application uh, presented itself and I, I like the people I was going to work with which I think is something people should take really seriously and more seriously than you know a lot of other things I signed on to do about 10 hours a week but here I am probably doing 20 each week and it's because I, I love it and I think as you go up as a designer and especially if you're on the management track like me you don't get to do the hands-on stuff and I think that not only keeps your direction sharp and keeps your you, you know, your visual tastes modern and all that, your aesthetic um, up to date, but it, it keeps your brain sharp. It keeps you motivated and good at your job. And I think that helps me in my day-to-day here at Zynga. For me, it's fairly evident by the fact that I do, you know, freelance on top of my day job that when I tell people that sometimes they think that's crazy, but I really do love it. I, I really do love designing. It's something that, you know, I can't turn off. And that's why I think it's a lifestyle. 
I personally, I, I couldn't imagine working in any other field. It's, it's part of me and it's, it's something that I love doing. So you just experienced a day in the life of an associate experience design director at Zynga, but how does one actually become one? In part two of the UX Marks the Spot series, join us as we go through Greg's career journey and experiences leading up to where he is today. Greg knew from a young age he wanted to get into design, from illustration to web design to programming to application design. Learn how Greg kept evolving his skills so you can too. Stay tuned. At Experience a Day in the Life, we're building an online library of content all focused on a diddle or a day in the life of different jobs and professions across the world in all different industries. So if you want to share your a diddle, you can do so at xadiddle.com slash share dash my dash a diddle. That's xaditl.com slash share dash my dash a-d-i-t-l. Thanks for listening. Head over to xadiddle.com. That's xaditl.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bow and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.